It's our 2016 gift guide for geeks of all ages. Hello and welcome to the Geek Quorum. It's a fracking podcast. Yes, it's a fracking podcast about sci-fi geek and gaming topics. Uh, my name is Brian. I'm Byrne. I'm Michelle. On this episode, we are going to go over some geeky holiday gifts. It's something we've never done before, but um, for this episode, we're just going to talk about things we like or would like to give or things like that. Like to get, for that matter. That's the wrong spirit of Christmas, isn't it? <laughs> That's the wrong spirit of the holiday season, isn't it? Yes, to give. These are all things I want to give. <laughs> to give to myself. Your words, not mine. <laughs> Before we do do that, is there any just minor geek news you want to convey? What are you playing these days? Uh, same thing as always. <laughs> uh, let's see. Would that be Star Wars Battlefront or... It is Battlefront. Okay. I have been playing a little bit more of Overwatch, though. Oh, good. So I've been branching out a little. <laughs> I need to get Overwatch. I've heard now, at this point, it's reaching a tipping point with friends and um, folks who, who play it. But my world is Battlefield 1. It's unreal. What makes it unreal? It's incredibly cinematic. Battlefield 1, the realism is, it really sucks you in. It's more violent. So I play it with a tinge of guilt because uh, I never really thought I would get into the kind of gory, seeing, um, you know, heads explode with blood kind of game again. But when you play it, the sounds and the interaction between all the different players, like, you really feel sucked into this world. And a good example is this. When you are running near other characters, and these aren't, uh, these are other players, humans, obviously, um, but let's say, um, uh, you're running with a squad. When you shoot another player, the characters playing next to you speak to your character, offering you a congratulations. And there is all this dialogue that takes place in the game that is not uttered by a real person. It's completely uttered by the computer, but adds to this really kind of immersive environment. Same thing, like when you're when you're running around, and my favorite class is the medic class, in which you really go around reviving people who have died and, and healing people as you play. So when you throw someone a med pack, they say thank you. Hmm. But if you're playing on the German team, like they say it in German. <laughs> or if you're playing on the Ottoman team, they say it in Turkish. It's just so, I, I guess that's the best way to describe it. It is cinematic and it is incredibly immersive. Well, I've been playing a lot of Overwatch. Uh, I had a free weekend a couple weekends ago, and uh, previously I played it on the Xbox, and this time I got it for the PC, and I really like it. I mean, I could add it to my geek gift list, so my little uh, plug for it will go now instead of later, but it's uh, it's really fun. If you ever played Team Fortress, it's got a lot of that element to it, and um, it's got the Blizzard touch so all the character classes and all the weapons and all the venues look really really cool the matches are really short it's fun it can be a little imposing for a beginning player like even myself because i don't game as much as i used to so i'm i don't know if i whether i classify as average or what what part of the bell curve i I've, i'm actually on anymore but um for especially for very beginning players it's imposing because there's something like 22 classes you can choose from but within like the four basic categories of like they have attack, tank, healer, and defense. 
there's a lot of characters and uh, learning each one and each that each one has like up to three special powers that they can do at various times. And, uh, and then that with learning the maps and things like that. But it's fun. I really like it. I'm going to be playing on the PC. It's good. I really it's- like the element of classes in the game because battle that's something Battlefield has that Battlefront that does doesn't. And it, it really adds a nice way of, of building characters. And also there's this whole kind of culture of playing to your class and playing to your ability. So, for example, like medics or healers in the Overwatch case, if you're a medic and you're choosing a medic just because you like the weapons and the, and the gadgets that are available to that class, but you're not actively going around helping your team by healing them and reviving them, that's really frowned upon. But I like that idea, right? That there are specific classes that are meant to support other players. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that, that adds a great kind of strategy um, to the game. And when you talk about like the meta of a game, like I, I like that, that aspect to it as well. Yeah. It's good to see it somewhat revitalized because, again, it's not a new thing to have classes. It goes way back to Team Fortress back in the early Quake days and somewhat also in. Uh, recent games like Planet Side Two, it's good because uh, all-out deathmatch can be only fun for so long for some people. But well, I think we should just go ahead and move on to our main topic, and that is geek gifts—things that are good for geeks to give or to receive. So, how about we start with gifts for kids? So the kids can listen early to this podcast and then they can go to bed. So <laughs> what well, I think the challenge the challenge with my kids is they they can't listen to any of this oh, yeah, before yeah. before the holidays. Because mm. honestly, a lot of my 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 kids are geeks, let's be honest. And well, Michelle, I've seen what you've posted in Facebook. You are a family of geeks. <laughs> Just a little bit. <laughs> so so many of the things on my list are honestly things that my kids have asked for or are gifts that I, I can't wait to give to my kids mm. uh, personally. Well, go ahead and start off then. All right. There has been something that has been popping up in Facebook all the time as, a, as a, like a sponsored ad or what have you. And it's Ozobot bots. Ozobots? I, yeah, Ozo- I have that on my list too. <laughs> oh. <laughs> it's os- Osmo coding or something. Yes, yes. It looks yeah. so cool. It uh, so the basic premise and then I'll let you uh since it's on your list and I've I've only really written down the name of the thing. Michelle might have done a little more research, but at the high level what kind of grabs me is that it's a good way of introducing kids to programming. Ozobots are these little bots and they come in different types. So you, the different bots can do different things, but the ones that kind of look fun and interesting to me are little bots that you put down on a piece of paper. And then you draw on the piece of paper with a colored marker and they follow the track or the mark that you, that you've drawn on the piece of paper. And depending on the color of the track that is drawn, the bot does different things. Things signal the bot to stop. Some signal them to turn, um, go fast or go slow. So it's an interesting way of being able to kind of introduce programming or sequencing to children. And then other bots you can get are more advanced and do kind of bigger things. And so you can you can kind of start with a starter kit. Like at Toys R Us, an Ozobot starter pack is about $50, which is, I think, a, a reasonable price for a big gift you might give a kid. And it's also something that you could, if you could give, and I think multiple, if you have many kids in your household, I have you know, a son and a daughter, it's something that they could do together. 
um, as much as they could do kind of apart from each other. So it's kind of a good gift for a number of different reasons, but I just think it's, it's really cool. Yeah, I have that one on my list because my daughter came home from school one day saying that they had these at school and she loved them and wanted them. I'm like, yeah, I know what you're talking about. <laughs> so that might be on her. Uh, that might be under the tree this year for her. <laughs> <laughs> I have heard of that and I have actually seen that uh, in action and it is cool. It is, it is really nice. I'm going to actually piggyback on that pick. I didn't have this on my list, but since you mentioned the that item, um, something... That's fun and in the same vein and as a board game is something new that's uh, out very recently called uh, Mechs versus Minions. It's a game in the, oh God, I'm going to get it wrong. What video game is it? It's not League of Legends. Is it League of Legends? I don't remember which which universe it's in. I forget. But it's it's League of Legends. League of Legends. Okay. So it's from that company and... They created this incredibly well-produced miniatures game. The box itself is better than some components of actual other video game, other board games. It's amazing. I don't have it. I want to get it eventually just because the components are so amazing. But anyway, the, the, the game is has a programming element to it. You have these mechs and you play cooperatively and you set a set of instructions for the mechs. And so sort of programming. Turn this way, go this way, and you kind of work together to program your mechs to do a certain thing. And basically what they do is they go down this path and they just mow through all these minions that come at you over and over and over and over. It's gotten really good reviews. I know of it because some of the uh, the game video game channels that I watch on YouTube, like Dice Tower and Shut Up, Down, uh, they actually consulted on the game. So they put some uh, good input into it. And I think the result uh, sounds like it's pretty cool. So uh, I haven't personally played it so i you know this is going on a little limb a little bit but mix versus minions you have to order it from their website uh and right now they're kind of back ordered because so many people want to check it out but anyway so that's uh instead of a kitty category that was the programming category well i still have more in the programming category okay we'll keep going oh good burn you got yours in i got mine Please okay. share. so i've got a couple because i've got two kids that are a good age difference apart um because I've got a toddler and then I've got a six-year-old who's almost seven, actually. So the other thing I got is the Osmo coding game. I don't know if you guys have seen this. It's basically they give you these coding tiles that you have to play an app on the iPad and whatever, however you line these tiles up or, you know, make them person or the character in the app will do what your, what your coding says. So, I mean, again, and this is one of those things that has a starter pack for like $40. And then you can get the genius pack for like 100 and something. And it's just another coding thing that you can integrate with any iPad. From what I see, it looks like it's only for the iPad. So I'm not sure if it's going to work with any other tablets. But I thought that'd be cool for my seven-year-old, you know. And then for the toddler in your life that you want to learn coding, there's this thing called the Fisher-Price Think and Learn Codapillar. It's a toy that moves around on the floor. It's a caterpillar. And the different sections of the caterpillar are different directions. And, you know, you can tell it to stop. You can tell it to light up. You can tell it to go right or left based on where you put the sections on the caterpillar. Very so cool. I thought, That's really cool. Yeah, I'm like, that's like the perfect gift for my toddler, you know? 
that's and so that's cool. another thing that my my six-year-old came home from school and said, hey, we've got this at school. This is a really cool thing. And she said she wanted it. And I'm like, well, this is really kind of for toddlers. But hey, you can teach her how to use it. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So is there another category we can move into? Let's see. I'll share a category. And these, I I have a number of different games. And that's something that comes up that we talk about a lot. This is one of those gifts that I'm insisting upon my wife that this is something we're getting for my son. Really. I'm getting it for me, um, but I'm giving it to my son so that I can play it with him. And that is Star Wars Destiny, which is something I'm finally seeing in reviews online, and I'm seeing people play. Um, I haven't yet seen it because it's not shipping uh, and and generally available, but it should be for Christmas. Um, Star Wars Destiny is a trading card game similar to Magic, but in addition to cards that you collect the cards come with um, special dice as well so as you collect more cards you collect more dice so it's merging well a game of chance like yahtzee with a trading card game which is really nice from a play dynamic because it means that even if someone has a really powerful deck they still have to have luck on their side so when you play, it, it's a great way of kind of leveling the playing field between any two people. And it also adds, I think, adds the potential for a lot of drama, right? Like you could roll really well and pull out and eke out a win at the end or be doing really well and roll for total crap and totally blow it. But uh, Star Wars Destiny looks like a lot of fun. And it's got Star Wars on it. So, you, you know, it's, it's, it's a winner for kids of all ages. Okay, well, speaking of Star Wars games, uh, obviously we've talked about a certain game on this podcast many times, so I might as well just recommend it one more time, and that's the Star Wars X-Wing miniatures game. If you don't have that, just go pick it up. It's fun. It's like 25 bucks, and you get the starter set, and you can play just with that, and it's it's fun. And there's all kinds of uh, expansions for that. So I guess my suggestions for that game... And I'll just deal with like ones that are recent because I've just been like nine waves now. So recent waves of the past from this year, from 2016, is if you like to play the Imperials, I would suggest you get Imperial Veterans expansion pack that has new cards for the TIE Bomber and the TIE Defender. The TIE Defender particularly really got juiced up. If you play this one card that gives it, well, I won't go into the whole thing right now because we <laughs> usually can start talking about it. But anyway, it uh, brings a lot of um, power into that ship particularly. And um, the TIE Bomber is fun, of course. Uh, if you play Rebels, the ARC-170 ship is really cool. It's the first ship to have both a crew slot and a droid slot. It's a Rebel ship that has a rear-firing arc. It comes with a really cool card, the Tail Gunner card, which pairs well with other ships besides just that one, particularly if you play the Scum version of Cath Scarlet. So that's a good one to get. If you play Scum, I would say the Shadowcaster. That's a large base ship, and it has a mobile firing arc, which is a new twist to uh, the turret system. And it comes with some pretty good cards and some pretty good pilot cards as well. So I think for 2016, those are their, depending on what faction you play, I think those are the ones I would suggest to get. I, of course, being a huge fan of the game, concur. And I, I think for parents out there, it's a really good value, right? Like for a $25 set, 
you get a really good game that plays very quickly right out of the box. And I think, Brian, those suggestions you made are really good because when I first started playing, I played once or twice with my son, and the very next day, we were back at the game store wanting to get more ships because it it just it really draws you in. And the next thing you know, you're like, got to have more. <laughs> so those, those are good because you can you can get the base set and then you can do stocking stuffers with the smaller expansions, which are yeah. good. And also all of them are really good. I think really good values like you can think about any one of these little little ships that you buy are legitimately like good-looking models and toys yeah, and you would spend yeah. as much on getting a small little ship from toys r us that has no game element and no social component that you can kind of involve your friends with and it's just a plastic model but yeah. these are like the plastic models with an entire game universe behind it yeah. I, I love x-wing yeah and i was since you mentioned the models there are really good models but the one particularly that just came out is uh the heroes of the resistance pack and that one comes with the new sculpts of the Millennium Falcon, so the one with the rectangular dish. And it also comes with Poe Dameron's black X-Wing, black painted X-Wing. Even if you don't play the game, you could have really nice detailed models just to put up on your desk or wherever. So that's what I would suggest. Are there any other board games you'd like to suggest that are in that category? A fun board game that my family and I play a lot. It's not on my list because we already own it. And that's Sushi Go. And, oh, yeah. You know, my family, we play board games all the time, mainly at the dinner table. And that constrains us for the kind of games we can play. And the ones that you can play quickly that can, you know, you can play around in like 15 minutes um, are the ones that work really well kind of at the dinner table. And Sushi Go falls into that category. It's a card game that is of the drafting variety. So if you know what drafting means, drafting is when you have, say, you do it in, I believe you do it in hearts. So in hearts, if you've ever played hearts, you take three cards and you pass it to the player to your left. Drafting is the process of building a, building a hand by passing the cards you don't want to the player, um, to one of the players at the table. And so the, the basic flow of the game is you're constantly playing cards and passing cards to, to the left, building points as you go. It plays really quickly. You don't need a lot of space to do it. It's fun with kids, but it's also fun with adults. So I've played it with adults, not as often with my kids, but we all have fun. So it's, it's, a, it's a really good game in that respect. So if you're looking for a game that the whole family can do together, I highly recommend Sushi Go. And if you're feeling extra extravagant in your gift giving, there is a bigger set called Sushi Go Party Edition, which has a few more cards and other elements. But you can just have a very simple Sushi Go basic edition which is just like a simple deck of cards super fun highly recommend it cool okay uh i love board games too i have a billion on my shelf that i probably could recommend but uh often i don't have people to play with though i found a really really good translation of a mega popular board game for the iphone and ipad and android too and that is pandemic it really is a fabulous translation to a uh, a mobile game. I wasn't sure how it was going to work because usually it's a cooperative game. You play with, you know, it could be one to four people, I guess. The, the game that you play on the on the tablet is basically solo. You, you take the roles of everybody. I guess you could pass it along, but there's not a mechanism for you. With some games, you have like a pass and play 
prompt that says, now give it to someone else. It doesn't actually say that. I guess you could. So there's nothing to stop you from like playing with other people, but you can play it solo and you can pick however many people on your research team you want to use. But I've been playing it a lot and um, it's, it's fun. Of course, Pandemic is a great game, one of the top games of all time. It's just as fun, just as difficult, even on the introductory level. And uh, but it's it's something that uh, you can really pass the time with, and uh, it's not expensive either. So it's been like this past week; it was on sale. All these games go on sale every now and then, so it's I think it was like three bucks. Normally, it's like seven, I don't know, something like that. So um, definitely check that out. Very cool. On the same kind of frame of like pandemic, both Ticket to Ride and Carcassonne have versions for the iPad and iPhone that are also great great adaptations of the board game into the kind of tablet. So if you if you love those games but you don't have people to play with, um, you can always kind of do a good single-player mode. But Carcassonne, I know, has a network mode where you can play with friends. Mm-hmm. And both of those games translate really well into the um, iPad and iPhone. Yeah. And they're classic games. Yeah. Well, if we're talking about tablet games, I guess you should talk about the kid tablet games, right? Sure. Yes. <laughs> Okay, well, I'm just going to recommend like one because there's they have a series of apps that are my kids are obsessed with. It's Toka Boca. I don't know if you guys know this, but they have everything from a hair salon to a kitchen game to a horse stable game to dress up and a pet vet. My kids are obsessed with their games, so I highly recommend them. A lot of them are free. Right now, some of them are only their newest one just came out on November 23rd. The Toka Life Stable, it's a horse stable thing where I guess you take care of horses. Mm-hmm. I haven't downloaded it yet. That's only like three dollars. Oh, my daughter's head is going to explode. <laughs> my kids she... love all of their games. Yeah, my, my daughter, I think my son, who's 10, has kind of grown out a little bit of them a little bit. He liked them when he was younger and my daughter, she still plays them. There was one that was like a fashion one where um, you essentially get to design clothing and um, my, f- and you, the kids are, f- are free to take pictures of the uh, clothing, right? They'll take little snapshots of their little designs. And I opened my phone one day and it was out of disk space and it had like hundreds and hundreds <laughs> of dress designs <laughs> for my daughter, but the Toka life stable, I think that my my daughter would be over the moon for that. Hmm. All right, next category. Things to wear. What do you have for that? These are two things that my kids cannot hear me because, say because they're both getting these. One is, and I don't know, guys, if Hamilton, the musical, has made it through your house at all. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it is in my house in full force. My son pours over the books constantly he has memorized all of the songs and if you hang out with his friends they're singing hamilton all the time that's awesome (laughs) because he loves it so much uh, my wife found a really really cool shirt that says burr shot first (laughs) in the star wars font (laughs) bringing together Mm -hmm. my son's love of star wars his appreciation for the irony of George Lucas's tweaks of the special editions. And of course, Hamilton. And I don't think you could get any geekier than that, but it really is a funny and awesome shirt. You're going to need to send me the link to that on on its way. (laughs) Because I have two people in my house that would probably love that. (laughs) (laughs) The other shirt 
and then my wife also gets complete credit for finding this, is you can make for your for anyone a custom Quidditch shirt. And so what you do is you can go online and you can choose what team you're on. You can choose the number. You can choose what position they play, beater, chaser, ch um, and so on. And then you can have their name printed on the back of the jersey as well, hmm. which you know, my daughter being a huge uh, Potterhead, that's totally under the tree for her. But super awesome. That's very cool. I was telling my wife also, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. I think I would like one of those too. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. <laughs> okay. I'm going to switch over to, I guess this falls under the category of books, I guess. I am going to recommend the Darth Vader collected comics. Marvel started doing Star Wars comics about a year ago or so. And uh, one of the comics they were doing was the Darth Vader series. It is amazing. It is the absolute hands down best title that they have. They have a bunch of Star Wars titles, but that one is fabulous. And they've collected them in like groups of six. So volume one has issues one to six and then volume two, you know, obviously seven to 12 so on and so on. And there's a, in total, I think there's 26 for the whole run of the comic, but uh, I would recommend this as a gift for a star Wars fan. Give it to yourself. It's an amazing story. The artwork is fabulous. Vader is represented really well. This takes place after episode four and at this point vader is although kind of he's on the old side <laughs> at that point in the chronology he's in this comic he's still very much the most badass warrior in the galaxy and he takes out entire squads of rebels literally it's just it's he's unstoppable it's and it's amazing and it's in the thing that's fabulous about this series is the characterization of Vader is done so well because there's panels where he doesn't say anything. He just sort of like looks and just the way the, the art is drawn or the, you know, the tilt of his mask or the stance he has, you immediately know what he's thinking and it's just great. So uh, I rec recommend that a lot. It's on Amazon or in your local comic store. Go find it. It's, it's great. Can you say the name of that again? It's the Darth Vader comic book. Collected series of comic books. Just okay. go to Amazon, right. type in Darth Vader comic, and it'll come up. There's different volumes. Awesome. Yep. Um, another book series, uh, Wayward Pines. That's a trilogy. Oh. It's, it has since become a miniseries that stars um, Matt Dillon and a bunch of other people you've heard of. And I read the first book in... I mean, it was over two days, but it probably took me 24 hours. I just read it so fast. I couldn't put it down. After the first chapter or two, you just keep flipping pages. It's such a great read. There's a mystery to it. It's like as if you took Lost and Twin Peaks and a couple other shows, which I can't really say because that'll kind of spoil some things, and you put it in a blender, and it came out as this. It's uh, it's just such a like a roller coaster of action and uh it's really something else and now as a book it's it almost reads like a screenplay because it's like action action dialogue action and dialogue it could easily have been like double the number of pages and like added a lot more characterization and things like that but again uh just as a pure visceral read 
it's great. So I highly recommend that. Read it, and then uh, I guess we'll have to check out the uh, actual miniseries after that and see how it how it compares. So that's good. I'm I just I just added that to my list for myself. I'll mail that to my wife. Yeah. So the first book is called Pines. Second book is called Wayward, and third book is called Well, I'm not gonna say the third book because that's in itself almost a. But anyway, awesome. I'll make a recommendation for uh, a book for kids. Um, this this I have not read myself, uh, but I was at a book fair the other day, and I uh, it caught my eye, and I brought my son over, and he opened it, and he could not put it down. So this is almost certainly under the tree for him. The book is called the la- It's a it's a it's kind of like in the style of um, Wimpy Kid. Wimpy Kid, the Diary of a Wimpy Kid, which is kind of half novel, half graphic novel. Mm-hmm. You, I could say it's heavily illustrated, but that wouldn't quite do it justice. So it's in a very similar style. It's called The Last Kids on Earth. And it's a series. There are three books to the series that I'm aware of, but the artwork looks absolutely beautiful. It's probably a little more violent. Um, so it's probably for a, a not for a young audience. I would put it as, what do they call it? Um, maybe borderline young adult. So, you know, tweens, maybe if you have a precocious nine-year-old or an eight-year-old, maybe. Um, younger than that, I wouldn't necessarily recommend it just because I think there's some, there's some uh, cartoon violence and things of that nature. But the artwork looks beautiful. And the style of the book, if you kind of open it up, it feels, it feels like you're, you're really kind of in a universe of mystery and puzzles and things of that nature. That looks like a really good series for kids. Hmm. Very good. All right. I got a couple. I will go along with the lines of the kid books. These are actually for little kids because I just read one of them to my three-year-old today. And she looked at the back cover and said, I want this one and this one and this one. So we were reading the, you know, the little golden book series of books, Mm -hmm. you know, with the golden spines. Mm -hmm. Well, now they have Star Wars ones. Mm. And she loves them. So there's a whole bunch of them out there. They have them for from the Phantom Menace to, oh my gosh, The Force Awakens. I almost forgot the name of the movie. Um, <laughs> but then they have ones like the one we were reading was all about the droids. They just have a whole bunch of different Star Wars themed ones. And they're just cute because they're, you know, the little golden book books. So Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about now. Right. It's so cute. And she, you know, she loves Star Wars. So anything Star Wars, she's all about it. So then my other recommendation for the Harry Potter fans out there, because I have to own every single Harry Potter book or anything written around the Harry Potter world. So the play that was, that's going on in London, the cursed child, I highly recommend getting the book. It's the play itself in the book. And a lot of people have said, it's kind of hard to read because it's written like a play. I personally loved it. I questioned how they were going to do a lot of the scenes on the stage. So I'm very curious how they did certain things on stage, but I enjoyed reading the play. It definitely took me back to Harry Potter and threw me back into that world because I truly love it. The other book is the Fantastic Beasts screenplay. Yes, it's the entire movie. So if you saw the movie and you don't really care to read it, it's still a really good book to have in your collection. And if you have a Harry Potter fan in your life, it's perfect for their collection, even if they don't read it. But I figure you have to own, if you're a Harry Potter fan, you have to have every single book. (laughs) 
in my is opinion. The screen, is the screenplay, is the book itself um, illustrated? Because that was one of the things no, about the movie. It's not. No. Okay. Because that was one of the things about the movie, which is just um, you want to know about the lore of the creatures, right? And and the movie, you get a sense only touches upon, you know, there are so many creatures in the movie that you see, and there's probably a great story behind every single one of them. Well, there is a companion book. So when the movies first came out, when Harry Potter first came out and all these books started getting released to go along with the movie, like The History of Magic was released and Fantastic Beasts was released as well, but then you couldn't find it anymore. So now they're going to re-release it. And supposedly that talks about all of the creatures, but I don't have it yet. So I'm kind of bummed. (laughs) But those are my book recommendations. Good ones. Okay, so I have one more to suggest, and it's not really practical, but it's just kind of cool. I saw it on Think Geek, and it's a illuminated schematic. It's Star Wars or Star Trek. If it's Star Trek, it's the Enterprise D. If it's Star Wars, you can get, I think it's the Millennium Falcon or the Death Star. Basically, it's um, a thin, I think it's like an acrylic or something that has light illuminated from the bottom via some sort of uh, LED light or something that makes it look glow a little bit in the dark not yeah in a darkened room the way that it's etched or whatever it just looks really cool again not too practical but really neat to look at so that's my last little pick there so uh let's see let's go michelle what's your other okay so one i saw yours and i almost did add that to my list because it is cool looking so <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, look at that. It's really cool. I might have to buy that. <laughs> anyway, so mine is also from Think Geek, and it also goes along with the Harry Potter theme because, you know, I can't help myself. There's two of them, but the one that I really, truly love is the Tri-Wizard Cup lamp. Mm-hmm. It's just really cool looking. I, I mean, it has, yeah. no, it has no purpose. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I mean, I'm decorating my house to look like it's in Hogwarts. So this would fit in really nicely in my home. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, it's not practical. It's just really cool looking. And if you love Harry Potter, that it's another really thing. Cool. Yeah, It's too bad you didn't come to my Halloween party because I had the whole floating candles thing happening in my foyer. So it was... Um, you did oh. not. I did. <laughs> pictures. I did. Pictures. Uh, I'll, I'll send you pictures. Hold on. I got one more. <laughs> so I did buy this for myself. There's a Christmas ornament of Ollivander's. And you can get it on Amazon. You can get it on ThinkGeek and... It's just really well done. You can put it on top of one of the lights on the tree so it glows. It's so cool looking. Hmm. Very cool. Anyways. Is it like the little the, sh- the shop itself? Yes. Oh, that's cool. Well, my last gift came to me after I saw an ad for this on television. So I'm falling for it hook, line, and sinker. But I can honestly say I have done this. And the ad speaks to truth. It's extravagant. But it's a Samsung Galaxy edge vr headset and if the person doesn't have the phone that goes with it i would get the phone (laughs) because and the and the video which we'll post online afterwards i hope the video really does capture how absolutely magical vr is and it is it blows your mind if i don't have either of you had a chance to do vr yes Was your experience similar to mine? I mean, for me, it was really, really, really amazing. And I only did kind of -of out-of-the-box demos that were available with the set. I didn't get any custom content 
for which there is a lot more um, now available. Was your experience as kind of transcendent as mine? Well, it depends on which ones you did, because I did the one for Jurassic Park, and that was just really disturbing. It was weird having a dinosaur next to you, and it was just, it was disturbing. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you're not not selling my gift here very well, Michelle. No, I understand that there is actually um, a Cirque du Soleil one that is just incredible. And I, I haven't seen that one yet, but I understand it's just amazing. I recommend this gift knowing, right, that the technology is going to advance significantly in the next couple of years. So what you get now is going to be quickly obsolete. And that's true for all technology, but I would say especially VR, given how fast the technology is evolving. And in that way, because there's not necessarily a lot of content available relative to, say, other gaming platforms or devices you can get, in that way, it could be seen kind of as a novelty. But it shows you a glimpse into what the future could be like for entertainment and for education. And in general, it makes you think about books like um, Ready Player One. And it shows you a glimpse of the future that is both amazing, scary, awe-inspiring, and all of those things together. So the headset itself is $99. I can't imagine how much the phone costs. The phone probably costs several hundred bucks on its own and may or may not require a data plan to go with it. But wow. Watch the video. The video could convince you. Of course, the video is designed to convince you. It certainly convinced me. Um, So take that with a grain of salt. But um, I bet you anything, if you had one of these under the tree, everyone in the family would try it on and each have their own, like, wow moment of the day. Well, very cool. That sounds like something uh, I would love to, at the very least, demo, because, uh, like you say, 3D could be something or could just be some, I don't know, I haven't, I haven't quite decided yet, but uh, be cool to try out. All right, well, thank you so much for all those recommendations. Hopefully everyone gets all the things they wanted and um, the people that do receive them, I hope they're just overjoyed with the sheer imaginative item that you bestowed upon them and they shower you with praise and gratitude. (laughs) (laughs) You're the best man. (laughs) Yeah. So thank you, dear listener, for listening and subscribing. If you found us, I guess you already know we're on iTunes, but spread the word. We're also on the web at geekquorum.com. You can find us on Facebook. Write us an email at gquorum at gmail.com. That's spelled G-Q-U-O-R-U-M. And I think I hear our theme music, and that usually means the jump clock is running down. So thanks to Skiznot for our music. Thank you, Bernard Michelle, for joining me tonight. And we will see you all very soon. Happy holidays. Bye-bye, everyone. Bye. Next time on The Geek Quorum... What are we going to talk about next time? Hmm. Uh, Star Wars? Wait, there's a Star Wars movie coming out? Uh, yeah. Do you have your tickets yet? Uh, I do not, but I will I soon. <gasps> I do. Guess what? I'm going to see a movie before you guys. <laughs> wow, that's great. Okay. Oh, no, no, no. That's not acceptable. Not acceptable. <laughs> That'd be unprecedented. I know, right? <laughs>